in their tents, going about their business, doing their daily lives, waiting for this meeting of a situation to let them know what they're supposed to do. Are we picking up or moving yet? You know, I got these goats and this laundry to do. What is going on? You know, all the kids are playing in the background, tether ball or basketball, who knows, right? And um, all of a sudden, this beautiful, glorious pillar of fire pours down from heaven. Now, when this happens, there's a shaking and a quaking of the earth, especially if God's doing this and I'm not in a good mood with y'all right now kind of way. There's a shaking and a quaking of the earth. There's maybe some wind, maybe a rise in temperature because God is an all-consuming fire. You see what I mean? So out of nowhere, they're going about their day and all of a sudden they see a pillar of fire go on in the holies of holies and they know God is not happy with a situation going on. Ooh. And the multitude said, stone them with stones, but the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people re provoke me and how long will it be there be there they believe me for all the signs which i have shown among them meaning they witnessed god's glory they heard god's glory they saw god's glory he covered all the learning bases i will smite them with the petulance and destroy them why because they committed the unforgivable sin they deserved at this point the wrath of god and I will make thee a grating nation and mightier than thee. Y'all, we could have had it. We could have been more mighty than we are now. If Moses would have been like, you know what, God, I agree with you. Get him. <laughs> Sometimes I like to think I would have said that. But then I realize I'm just, you know, bluffing. I'm, I'm making myself think I'm tougher than I am. I probably would have been like Moses too, being, no, God, please don't hurt them. <laughs> Anyhow, Moses said unto the Lord, when the Egyptians see it, for thou broughtest this people by the power from among them, then they shall say to the inhabitants of this land, meaning, remember, there's giants and other tribes and, and half-breeds and, and Gergeshites and Havitites and all these things all around them, okay? They would have witnessed God's beautiful pillar shining down. Amen. They know very well who God is. And they don't love him. They don't fear him. They don't worship him. You see what I'm saying? So they would have witnessed if God would have smote all these people. And Moses is wise enough to say this. Then they'll say to the inhabitants of this land that they have heard that the Lord their God art among this people, and thou, God, art seen face to face, and thy cloud standeth over them, and thou goest before them by day in a, pitter, in a pillar of cloud and a, in a pillar of fire by night, that thou would kill the people as one man, meaning in one swift swoop over what was that 500,000 400,000 men would have been killed so the heathen which have heard of the fame of thee shall say this because the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land which he swore unto them 
Therefore he has slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech thee, let thy power of the Lord be great according to thou hast spoken. The Lord is slow to anger and of great mercy and forgiving iniquity and sin, but not making the wicked innocent and visiting the wickedness of the fathers upon the children in the third and fourth generation. Lord, be merciful, I beseech thee, unto the iniquity of these people according to the great loving mercy. And thou hast forgiven these people from Egypt even unto now. Isn't that beautiful? Moses is so nice. But did you all hear how he said, don't judge this generation right here. Pass it on to the third and fourth generation. Did you, did you guys catch that? Visiting the wickedness in verse 18 visiting the wickedness of the father upon the children in the third and fourth generation then he says be merciful i beseech thee and to the iniquity where's the iniquity fall well with the sin on the third and fourth generation so moses says let's save this generation let it pass on to the third and fourth generation well the second generation is alive at this time right now. The second generation is the ages from 19 to newborn in a beautiful baby in the womb, right? So the newborn in the womb and the 19-year-old, they're going to make it into the promised land. But guess who's going to be the next wicked generation? their offspring. Why? Because that's what Moses prayed for right here. Do we not see this? That is terrible. God, I just realized that. I love you, Lord. Could you imagine praying this and God's like, well, I see your point. I have to stand by my word. I bet you. <laughs> I bet you like God's like, oh, now you choose to be wide and wise and listen to me when you can use it against me. <laughs> oh, our father, I love him so much. But this is why we'll see often um, throughout the word of God, there's a righteous generation. And then all of a sudden, the generation after them, you know, they do okay, they do good. But then the third and fourth generation is wicked. It's because those ancestral sins weren't locked down, cast out, rebuked in the name of our Yeshua HaMashiach with each generation. I believe, based off the word of God, if... Because we're not going to be perfect, but we could be found righteous, right? So if we did our do, do our due diligence and cast out and pray over our children and pray over our land and our animals, etc. If we do all this, amen in Jesus' name, um, this is how these ancestral sins can be removed and cast out of our bloodline. Amen. It's when... A generation gets lackadaisy or lazy or too busy or filled with a bunch of chemicals that block their mind and make them ill and health and they can't think on their own and they become uneducated and misguided. This is when things go away. Oh, so sad, right? Oh, Father, forgive us. 
Now, Moses did not complete God's commandment verse, or did he? Why or why not? In the book of Exodus chapter 20, verse 4, this is where Moses is pulling out the attributes of God, and it reads, Thou shalt make thee no graven image, nor shall any the commandments of God, excuse me. Thou shalt make thee no graven image, neither any simulated of the things that are in the heaven above, neither in the earth beneath, nor what is in the waters or under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, neither serve them. I am the Lord your God. I do not change. I am a jealous God, visiting iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the third and upon the fourth of them that hate me and showing mercy to the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments so let's say at this point in time i believe this is why moses said it one it's the law of god but two if that righteous generation that's from birth to the age 19 choose to stay right with god they love god and they keep his commandments well then the curses hexes and vexes ancestral sins which we all rebuke this thing issue is great name hallelujah praise the lord um it wouldn't become an activated spirit that would become a presence that would become a stronghold because all of those have been cast out and sent away because they've chosen to remain in love with god and faithful and kept his commandments. Does that make sense? It is up to every generation, every single generation. We cannot live off of the hard work and relationship that our great grandparents had with God. Is it? Does it help us now? Yes. But our righteousness at the courts of heaven isn't going to be based off of what our grandparents did or our great grandparents or even our parents. It's going to be we're going to be held accountable, just like our Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, for every word, thought, and action that we commit. Amen? Amen. Maybe if Moses had completed the verse, he would have justified God's judgment on a nation. Or was Moses pleading for Hashem to, for Hashem, for another covenant? So this would have been the third covenant that the Lord our God would have allowed for the nation of Israel to happen. Now the first covenant, we already know what happened, right? When God wrote with his own hand on the sapphire stones, then Moses came down because God said, go down there. They're doing something wicked. They were all gauging into some nasty, perverted sexual stuff that they learned from their new converts from the nation of Egypt. And they were all engaging in all these disgusting bestiality and some trees and, and uh, just perverse adultery stuff, right? With the golden calf and all these things. Remember that? Then they had to drink the gold water. Marriage, marriage, miscarriages ensued. Then God called Moses up again. All the evil was cast out. The Levites slew them. God said, Moses, now I'm not going to write these tablets this time. You write them on stone instead of sapphire from heaven. So Moses did it. He got his little rock and his chisel out and he wrote it, right? Um, and then he came down and he said, okay, I'm back now. 
Um, here's the second covenant, right? Now, I believe at this point in time, because now God wants to slew this nation of Israel, that Moses is asking for a third covenant with the Lord our God. Now, could this be the case? I don't know. You tell me what you hear. Verse 5. And the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. So the Lord passed before his face and cried, The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, hallelujah, Jesus, strong and merciful, gracious, slow to anger and abundant in goodness and truth, reassuring mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression of sins to making the wicked but not making the wicked innocent, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon ye children, and upon the children's children, upon the third and fourth generation. Then Moses made haste, bowed down himself to the earth, and worshipped, and said, O Lord, I pray thee, if thy have found favor in thy sight, that the Lord would now go with us, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon their iniquity, meaning the whole debauchery of the perverseness of the sexation of the vexation with the golden calf situation, right? For our sin and take us for thy inheritance. To which God said, okay, but, right? And this is when God had Moses make the second set of stones. Maybe Moses was thinking God would keep being forgiving over and over and over. Maybe Moses thought God had limitless patience. I'm sure many Christians believe this. I do not believe that. I read a lot of times that God's patience runs out and so does his forgiving. I know some like to think even now because of our Jesus that God's forgiveness just is never ending and flowing over from some kind of cup where they treat Jesus like a genie. Excuse me, I need to get a drink of water. Praise God. But I believe that Jesus' patience runs out, and I believe Jesus' forgiving runs out, and I believe there's several scriptures in the Old and New Testament that state to this fact. Even Jesus Christ himself, I believe, said that, and I've already stated that verse. The point is this. At some point, even God has to have respect for himself. God would not be God if he let himself be mistreated and discarded. You see what I'm saying? Mm. <sighs> Praise God. And the Lord said, I have forgiven it according to thy requests. Notwithstanding as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. And at days and at times, a new earth and new Jerusalem. God will dwell among us again. For all those men which have seen my glory, meaning they chose to be an apostate and commit apostasy, and my miracles which I did in Egypt in the wilderness and have tempted me, meaning they did blasphemy, and have not obeyed my voice, meaning they committed, oh, I feel this so strongly, they committed blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, Certainly they shall not see the promised land. Now I believe this is God saying those apostates, and we see a lot of them everywhere, 
The real ones, okay? Not the people that we just don't agree with. Those aren't apostates. Sometimes Christians just have a different point of view and we just need to agree to disagree. But those who willfully and disobediently go against the word of God, those are apostates. Anything preaching contrary to the word of God, let's remember this, that is the Antichrist, okay? That is the Antichrist spirit, which we rebuke in Yeshua's great name. Ooh. Certainly they shall not see the land. I believe that means they won't make it into heaven. That is just me. But uh, take it to the Lord. Wherefore I swear unto thy fathers, neither shall any that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, and has followed me still, meaning he was faithful, even him will I bring into the land. Why? Because he had the Holy Spirit remaining with him, even despite all these 10 others coming against them and all these other leaders with all their degrees and all of their faith testing and their whatever other disgustingness, right? They still stood firm on the word of God. Him I will bring into the land, whether whether he went and his seed shall inherit it, meaning his generations. God is going to make a great nation out of Caleb's descendants through Christ back to Moses in this time, lining him up with Abraham, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Moses, and the God of Joshua and Caleb now, right? <laughs> um, because Caleb was faithful. And I believe this could be us. We could be the ones God makes a great nation out of. Mm. Several groups of people have innocent times fallen today, right? They've fallen due to petulance. Many annually fall due to petulance, the flu, chickenpox, whatever the case may be. But since 2020, what I see is something completely different. Almost as if those who didn't want freedom, those who wanted to complain against God's Trump it, those who were evil murmurers engaging in protests and riots and maybe they were part of this third and fourth generation, I believe they will not make it into the promised land 2023 and 2024 and so on. I believe Hillary is done. Uh, do I pray she repents and comes to Christ? Of course. I pray her confession is received well. I pray her conviction is ex executed swiftly by the grace and word of God. And I believe, for thus says the Lord, this blue regime, they are through. Their corruption has been brought to naught. And I believe that is the Lord of hosts speaking that in Jesus' name. Amen. Those who want to be slaves, meaning 2023 and 2024 time frame. Amen. This is a prophecy for y'all. I believe they will remain slaves. And they will receive this new round of plague that will be unleashed for those who continue to be murmurers and have proven unfaithful. Their selfishness, 
will have them living in darkness, and they have been dismissed by the Lord our God. But God's faithful. God will redeem and elevate in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 18. Moses spoke the verses and and he said, God, he's pleading with God. Don't cast them out, Lord. Save them. Despite them not deserving it, right? And God said, all right. Joshua and Caleb, I, I can use these two. I can make something out of them. So did the other part on top of committing blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which led them to caress. Now I'm probably saying that incorrectly, so forgive me. But I often refer to this as the caress sin. Now, I'm just going to briefly go over this, but we've talked about this before. The caress sin is... Basically, when someone has committed so much sin, imagine a scale and on the right hand side, right, which is loyalty, love, serving God, God's commandments. The right hand side is the hand of favor. The left hand side is the sinful, wicked side. And on the scale, right versus left. The careless sin is on the left, and it is the accusers, the wicked ones, always wanting to come against God's people. If at any point in time, one commits the unforgivable sin, and this scale has the left side, meaning the unrighteous, wicked side, heavier than the righteous side, the side of preserving one's life, ensuring that God's breath remains in us. Anytime the wicked side gets heavier, I believe this is when the care of sin is enacted because they do not have enough righteousness to keep them written in the book of life. If you don't believe this, I completely understand. It might seem far out there for some. We have gone over this before, but always confirm with God. And a couple of Hebrew and Jewish philosophers have shown us this. So I've provided links here for others who would like to read this. I'm going to read a small section. And his exorcism of this world causes him to be exorcised from among the righteous, meaning cast out from among the righteous, the wicked person, also in the world to come, meaning they get cast down into Shoel or the pit of fire or the frozen whatever, right? In the world to come because he did not repent of his sins. He chose to keep living in wicked and sinfulness. Sinful, syphilis, probably syphilis. <laughs> uh, be cured now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And if God did not exercise him, but committed his days in his patience, he still did not repent. Meaning God gave an individual several times to repent, right? Like this nation of Israel. His punishment is even greater and he is exorcision from among the righteous is even more deserved. It seems to me, meaning this philosopher, believe that the charis sin means generally an absence of divine mercy. Whereas when one refuses to repent, 
Rashai, which is one of my favorite uh, Hebrew and Jewish philosophers to read from, means that believes that the kerosene means dying young, losing your life young, because you have failed to turn away from sin by your age of accountability, which the age of accountability based off the word of God during the census is age 20. Specifically age 20 to age 60, we are under uh, by our annual, if you go by the Hebrew calendar, if you go by the community scroll, if you are a priest, it's uh, every two years, but either way, we're in a review. And as soon as we have too much sin overruling and then we commit uh, the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost, that's it. We're done. There's others who believe it's by the age of 50 and 60 one would die if they commit uh, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, right? God may delay their death, but they won't get to live a long and fruitful life because a long, fruitful life is a blessing for God and a short life meaning dying before the age of 60 is a punishment based off living a wicked sinful iniquity filled life in Jesus name all right so I provided sources here for others who would like to read about it from other philosophers in the Jewish um, community for those who would like to check it out the link is right here in the blog post Let's move along. Numbers chapter 14, verse 25. Now the Amalekites and Canaanites, which are two, two clans of the Nephilims, which are uh, the senior, right? Let's think of it this way. The senior fallen angels tribe that produced giants in the land. So these Amalekites and Canaanites are part of these offsprings of the fallen angels, which are giants. Now there's large, large, large giants, and there's larger than large, and then there's baby large giants. These are possibly the baby large giants, meaning they're about 20, 25, 30 feet tall. All right. Remain in the valley, wherefore turn back tomorrow and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. So God is saying the Amalekites and the Canaanites, they remain in the valley. There was always um, evil and giants and wickedness surrounding the nation of Israel. After the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, How long shall I suffer this wicked multitude of murmurers against me? I have heard the murmuring of the children of Israel, what they have murmured against me. Tell them, as I live, saith the Lord, I will surely do unto them, even as they have spoken in my ears. Their carcasses, or kerosens, shall fall in this wilderness, and all you that were counted through in your numbers, meaning the census, meaning the men that were counted from age 20 to age 60 and above, which were murmuring against me, meaning only those that were murmuring against um, the Lord our God, they shall not doubtless, shall not the doubtless, meaning the unfaithful, those without faith, come into the land for which I have lifted up my hand and made you dwell therein, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh and 
Joshua, the son of Nun. But your children, meaning uh, the fruit of thy womb till age 19, the second generation, which ye have said, be a prey, them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye have refused. But even your carcasses or kerosens shall fall in this wilderness, and your children shall wander in the wilderness forty years. Why? So they learn their lesson and can witness the miracles of God too, and they hopefully won't turn into apostates. That's why sometimes suffering has to happen. So others will see it and be like, man, I don't want to be like that group over there. I'm going to get my stuff together and get right with God. Yes, sometimes other people's wickedness and other people being brought to justice and receiving judgment can turn others to Christ. We're seeing it now, aren't we? We're going to see some more later, 2023 and 2024. All your children shall in the wilderness 40 years and shall bear your whoredom because you chose to go after idols. This is the way God saw it, right? Until your carcasses, meaning kerosene, have been wasted in the wilderness, meaning it has been not cut out by the root because the next generation is getting in the land, right? But at least has been cast out at that point. This is what God is trying for, right? After the number of days in which ye have searched out the land, even forty days, every day of the year shall ye bear your iniquity for forty years, and such shall we feel and such ye shall feel my breach of promise. Ooh, Father God. Mm. Excuse me. So I believe God is saying right here, He's like, I want you all to feel the pain you caused me because you breached this promise, which in turn makes me have to revoke this promise from you because you didn't hold up your end of the bargain. Now, I know some don't read it this way, but this is the way I read it. I believe some are not gonna make it into the promised land because they have proven, especially during this season, that they were unfaithful. Now, they might not be wearing those disgusting rainbow colored robes. They just might be preaching and telling God's people to go get something inputted into their body that ain't got no business being in their body. They could be pushing propaganda, pushing whatever corporate media BS. You see what I'm saying? Anything that's going against God is the Antichrist spirit. Please hear me, children of God. Amen. Sometimes after a class, I go over my notes and, and I pray. And often I feel like I forgot to say something or I should have, God, I should have made that point stronger. I, I, I think you were telling me to get this point across. And this is what I felt I didn't get across in last Bible study. So I want to take the opportunity to be humble and admit it and correct it now those who have chosen to live 
or like these tribes of the Hebrew who have willfully gone about marrying giants, allowing their DNA to be corrupted. They have chosen to alter not only their DNA, but the DNA of their children. Y'all see where we're going with this, right? They've chosen to marry with those with altered DNA, meaning you knew someone was an apostate, you knew they went against the word of God, and you went and dove into that relationship with them anyway, even a sexual one, and then you produce fruit of the womb. This is what I feel God is saying about it. It's as in the days of Noah. Giants in the land, the Nephilim, the fallen angels, were going into the daughters of men and producing these DNA altered giants. We went over this in the last class. I believe God is saying those who have chosen to take this jib jab and now they have altered DNA and based off this Bible study they have chosen not to repent to God. I don't believe they're healed. Until they choose to repent to God I believe their DNA will stay corrupted and that's sad. And yes we should pray for them but the word of God says the individual needs to repent themselves to be forgiven. Please heed this warning and be cautious because I believe God is warning us not to only avoid these DNA altered substances that these is being done through witchcraft, pharmacia. I believe many marriages or single Christians have been delayed or being rearranged due to several quote-unquote Christians choosing to exercise their free will and give in to or bow down to these golden idols, which is what God sees it as, harlotry, and attempts to avoid being thrown out, persecuted, not being kept out of a restaurant or a movie theater or a bar. Take it is a sign it's a synagogue of satan and we don't belong there children of god allow yourself to be separated from wickedness god doesn't want us in wickedness but marie it's my favorite italian restaurant that italian restaurant is a synagogue of satan if it is calling you to produce some kind of card stating that you have chosen to alter your dna as in the days of noah I believe many marriages, single Christians, it's going to take a little longer because those who you were lined up to marry based off of guidance from God, they chose to give in. Unless they choose to repent, their DNA has not been cleaned because they have chosen to bow down to these golden idols. But those of us who stand strong until the end will receive a great reward from Jesus. The great reward is Jesus will be with us in the furnace, in the wilderness, on top of the mountain and in the valley. Hallelujah. Jesus is what makes us free because Jesus is the truth, the way, and the light. No one gets to the Father except through the Son. Jesus. The only living God. Jesus. For those who remain faithful, I do believe God will reward you for your faithfulness. 
the only thing that we can boast on is the Lord and his righteousness and his unfailing mercy towards us and his faithfulness in guiding us. Jesus. For those who are married and your spouse has chosen to alter their DNA by giving in to Pharaoh their job or they wanted to make sure they got to use their club seats at whatever location. I believe God wants those individuals to sanctify themselves and not engage in sexual relations until the other party chooses to repent. Based off the word of God, it says if you are married to a non-believer, please look this up. God is guiding us here. If you are married to a non-believer, your spouse can be saved because of your righteousness in the Lord, man or woman. The Word of God also says if your spouse chooses to suddenly not believe and they become an apostate, if you agree to remain married to them, you will live out your life as brother and sister essentially, not engaging in sexual relations. We are to pray for them. We are to fast for them. But the end result, they have to repent so their DNA can be healed and they can be restored to another new creation, a new covenant in God. Now that is all backed up by scripture. Please search the matter out. The only thing that can cleanse, the only one that can heal, redeem, and restore is Jesus. But those who choose to give in and bow down to Pharaoh and take this DNA altering shot, I believe they will be wandering the desert for the next 38 to 40 years based off the word of God, based off the stories in the Bible, which are all true. It is the Lord our God and he does not change thus says the lord almighty god maker of heaven and earth amen and amen numbers chapter 14 verse 35 i the lord have said certainly i will do so as this wicked company they have gathered together against me for in this wilderness they shall be consumed and there they should die and the men which Moses had sent to search the land, which, when they came again, made all the people to murmur against them, and brought up slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up that vile slander upon the land shall die a plague before the Lord. But Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jehoshaphat, those men, that went to search the land. They did their due diligence. They stood on the rock. They didn't just take the word of someone else. They did their research. They shall live. They didn't care if they got to a restaurant or a movie or whatever baseball or football game. They shall live. Numbers chapter 14 verses 39 through 45. God always saves and rewards his faithful.
Then Moses told these things, saying unto the children of Israel, meaning the men, and the people show, uh, sorrowed greatly. They only sorrowed because they done got caught. They thought they could keep getting away. They thought they could keep abusing God's patience and mercy. We talked about this. But at some point, the creator of the universe, the Lord of Lords, the Kings of Kings, the Lord our God, our Hashem, he has to show he has self-respect and dignity. And that he isn't going to let himself be run over by his own creation. And they rose up early in the morning trying to make it up. Trying to be like, God, I didn't listen to you. And now you're going to bring me under judgment. God, now I'll do it. Now I do it, right? It's a false repentance because they're only repenting not because they feel sorry. They just don't want to receive that justice and judgment. Mm. And they rose up early in the morning in the gate. Them up to the top of the mountain saying, Lo, we be ready to go up in the place which the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. But Moses said, Wherefore transgress ye thus the commandment of the Lord? Like now you're going to sin against the Lord again. He told us to turn back. It's too late. Your judgment has been pronounced. And it will not so come well to pass. Get not up, for the Lord is not among you. Meaning he has removed his hedge of protection from you because you thought you could keep sinning and winning. Now the Lord our God doesn't want to be with you. You have not proven to be his child. It will not so come to pass, well to pass. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you. Lest ye be overthrown before your enemies. For the Hamalekites and the Canaanites are there before you. And ye fall by the sword, for as much as ye have turned away from the Lord, the Lord also will not be with you. Yet they presumed astonishly and go up to the top of the mountain but the ark of the covenant of the lord and moses departed not with the camp mm. so this nation of israel thought they could try to make it up for god which they're really not sorry they just don't want to receive that judgment and moses says god is not with you don't go turn away from this stop being rebellious yet again you weren't with God, now he's not with you. You've made your choice, he has made his, that is it. Some people would be calling Moses a bad Christian right here. How dare you say that God won't forgive us over and over and over, right? Prosperity not only in money, but prosperity in your sin too. <laughs> That's what a lot of these apostates preach. Oh, it's so sad. They think... They could just do what they want when they want. But the thing is, our guide is the Holy Spirit. Even the Holy Spirit goes by the Word of God. Amen? Mm. You can't separate God from His Word, Jesus from the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit from the Word of God. It all has to go together. They're all witnesses to each other. Oh, so sad. Yet they presumed... Astonishly, they thought they were right with God, right? They thought simply saying, well, I'm sorry, now I'll do what I was supposed to be told, like that would be good enough. Nope, it don't work that way. <laughs> then the Amalekites and the Canaanites, which dwelled in that mountain, came down and smote them, rightly so. 
and consumed them unto Hormah. Why? Because they were Hormas. Because they were running their mouths and not being true to God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise Yahweh now and forever. <sighs> Renting their clothes, Joshua and Caleb. You know what? It made me wonder. I will go over it in the spiritual teaching. Next, we're going to go over the spiritual teaching of the Torah. Um, for this point, I don't go over verse by verse. I only go over verses that the Lord our God has led us to to avoid redundancy. Now, this is teaching off the Bluestone Torah, which is my own personal version of the Torah. There are many other versions of the Torah out there. Please go and search the matter out of whatever uh, Torah version that the Lord our God wants you to learn from in Jesus name. Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, thank you for another wonderful Bible study, Lord. Thank you for being with us and leading and guiding us. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for speaking through us. Hallelujah. Thank you for opening your beautiful mind to us, Lord. May everyone tonight, especially, especially tonight, those within the sound of your voice, God, I pray they receive a beautiful vision and dream in Jesus' name of a personal guidance from you to them from this point in time to the year 2025. Because I believe you are guiding certain individuals to do great and wonderful things. You're certainly guiding us to do certain great and wonderful things. But there's someone out there that God has been speaking you to you for a while and you've been wondering, you know, what you're to do about this next passage in your life and you're looking for some guidance. So whoever you are, whatever you're doing, make sure you take a moment, especially before the new year, sit alone with God, a notebook, a pen and a paper, you know, and wherever you feel God leading you, write it down. If God shows you a picture of a house or a horse, I don't know, write it down. Okay, and then and then keep doing this till God gives you a, a beautiful, clear, clear vision and, and or dream. Amen? Amen. Praise Yahweh now and forever. All right, Torah. I will believe, I will believe, I will believe, amen. <laughs> believe God took the betrayal by the nation of Israel, the children of Israel, almost as idolatry because God repeated the harlotry and the unfaithfulness. Here's his bride, his firstborn, betraying him yet again. Verses 1 through 4, this, the sages teach that Captain, the nation of Israel, was going to select to lead them back to Egypt would have been something like the golden calf idol. This is the captain they were choosing. Therefore, that was the final last straw. They had already had the golden calf scenario. A new covenant was made and the nation of Israel in not getting what they thought they were going to get from God chose to revert back to a sin that God already had pardoned them for before. I believe 
Well, that's what the Torah teaches, right? Because of this, because of this right time, nighttime weeping without cause, the ninth of all was created. The ninth of all from then on, even in history, was an annual season in the time of mourning and great mourning for the nation of Israel. During the ninth of all, Israel throughout time, even up to present, has received great tragedy during that season, which caused mourning and weeping. It was a tearing down of the synagogues, it was war, it was terrorist attacks, and it always occurred during that season. And that was attributed back to what happened during this time in the Torah season. Now, I believe that just shows how strongholds can be... I don't know how to say it besides rooted down deep in the soil. And one would say, oh, just dig it up. <laughs> it's not that simple. Um, once the land is prayed over and repented over, or the, the humans need to repent and pray over the land too. That's my point. Once humans that are occupying that land truly repent with a humble and giving heart, then the land can be healed. And that's Psalms 91, by the way. Um, so you would think that would have happened between now and then, right? I mean, at least that's what I was wondering. Hasn't that happened, Lord? Um, but here's the thing. The nation, the children of Israel, meaning the men of Israel as a whole, the, the strong collective, not a majority of the strong collective have chosen to accept Yeshua as their savior. I believe that's the thing, obviously, that's holding them back from truly receiving healing to that land. And it's biblical. I believe a lot of them, God maybe has hardened their hearts like he hardened Pharaoh's heart. I truly believe that's that's possibly the case, but I could be wrong. But once we do know in the Bible, once they do accept Jesus as their Christ, right? That's when everyone gets saved and everyone's rejoicing. And then the whole shebang bang in book of Revelation starts popping, right? Oh, Father, forgive us. All right. Verse six, renting of the clothes. This I thought was exciting, which God led us to. What a display of grief from Joshua and Caleb they felt to show. I was trying to imagine what it would have been like, especially for these well-made, handmade clothing items, linen or wool or camel hide, like we heard of John the Baptist. I would imagine that these article of clothing would have been difficult to just rip, even if it was like the silk priestly garments, right? I would imagine with gold thread or whatever other thread that was inter intertwined and woven, it would have been difficult to tear someone's clothes, or especially yourself's clothes, right? So I would picture Aaron, uh, sorry, not Aaron, Caleb and Joshua in the middle of this courtyard at the tabernacle 
as Aaron and Moses are prostrate and throwing themselves on the ground at the mercy of these, these leaders and crowds. And then we have Joshua and Caleb tearing off their clothes, ripping off their turban. You see what I mean? Like it must not have been an easy thing to simply just rip their clothes unless they're like Hulk Hogan or something, you know? I know I dated myself with that one. But um, I just don't think it would have been an easy prophecy. Process. I believe it probably was something very dramatic and heightened, and it almost seems for us because it's not something we see every day, right? Something that would have been completely irrational to us, but to them, it would have symbolized great grief and it probably would have provoked large tears and maybe even wailing and this is this is why the children of israel realize how greatly they sinned against god and begin to cry out this is this is what i believe god is showing us amen and amen mm. praise god living water joshua and caleb felt and showed um through the ripping of the clothing must have been such a struggle. I believe the ten false prophets had not even ventured about the land. Why? Because the Torah says this. The only ones that made it throughout the land for those 40 days, every single territory, and was therefore qualified to give an actual description of what was going on in the land was Joshua and Caleb. So it begs to differ, where did these 10 false prophets or prophets of doom, priests of doom, whatever you want to call it, where did they get this report of giants in the land and cannibalism and bestiality and, and we're like grasshoppers to us and they're going to eat us and, and whatever stuff, you know? Um, Maybe Joshua and Caleb were talking about it on their walk back. I don't know. Maybe they're going off of rumors. Who knows? Maybe they're going off of pictographs. Who who really knows? You know, people get their false news from anywhere. The point is, they weren't there to witness it. So they were just simply gossiping and slandering. Verses 28 through 32. The Torah teaches women of this age group... 20 to 60 did make it into the promised land. God still watched over Israel while they were in the desert for the remaining 30 to 40 years. Why? Because unlike the nation of Israel, which was not faithful, our God always is even to those that are rebellious. Why? Because he's waiting. Oh. <sighs> like the prodigal son. Like the father of the prodigal son. Our God is always looking out over the horizon. Waiting for his lost wandering child. To come to him running with open arms our god is a faithful god amen and amen praise god 
Y'all almost got through a Bible study without crying. <laughs> I almost made it. <laughs> All right, children of the Most High, ever-loving, living God. That concludes this Bible study, Numbers chapter 13. I pray all others got something out of this Bible study. I pray it blessed others in Jesus' name. And let's go ahead and end this with a prayer. Father God, in the blessed name of our Yeshua Mashiach, our Lord, our Christ, Emmanuel, for God is forever and always with us. Thank you for another wonderful Bible study, Lord. Thank you for leading and guiding us. I always love your presence being on us and upon us lord we thank you that the blood of our jesus runs through every cell in our veins every every part of us is covered with the blessed lamb's blood lord you're our savior you're our christ you're our counselor you're our teacher you are everything and we just thank you lord for being with us we thank you that you have given us direction. We thank you for giving us your presence. Beautiful, sweet dreams rest on the Sabbath day, this season, during this time. I thank you for protecting us. Lord, we boast on how good and faithful our God has been. While the world was falling apart, you have always been right next to us. We thank you that so many are seeing how we shouldn't just take others' advice at face hand. That benefit of the doubt doesn't mean willful ignorance. That speaking out of ignorance is considered slander and gossip. Lord, we pray for all those who have unfortunately given in and may have altered their DNA. Lord, we pray that they repent. We pray that they come to you because it is only you who anyone has sinned against. We pray that they are healed, redeemed, and restored and given a new covenant with you, Lord. We thank you in advance for their healing that is taking place. We thank you that they are no longer having any medical issues, any spiritual issues that are not in agreement with you, Lord. We thank you for truly casting their sins from east to west. Mm. As always, we pray for our president, Donald J. Trump, all the patriots worldwide, those who are serving the Lord, Amen. The prophets, the seers, the saints, the investigators, the peacekeepers, the military, the law enforcement, the trailblazers, hallelujah, and the newcomers. Wherever you are, amen. Space Force. Wherever you are in the body of Christ, may God continue to anoint you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. May we all be forever washed in the blood of the blessed Lamb and hidden in the cleft of the rock as God shows us his glory hallelujah may god always look in favor upon us in our homes may god ensure that we are more than well then provided for may god forever have his face turned towards us may god forever give us peace shalom we pray this on the mighty name of our yeshua hamashiach our beautiful christ 
filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, and sealed with the blood of our Christ. Amen and amen. All right, children of the Most High, ever-loving, living God. I will see everyone next Sabbath. Hallelujah. Till next time, may God keep you. May God bless you. May we all be forever written in the book of life.